There are honestly so many variations of creepypastas on the internet at this point that it's kind of hard to keep up. You have the classics like Slenderman, cliches like haunted video game cartridges, and stories we've even covered on the show before, like Candle Cove. And then you have ARGs, the alternate reality games, which are kind of like creepypastas, except plot twist, you're a part of the story. Side note, should we make our own one of these days? ARGs? I am so ready. It can have ciphers you have to decode and crypt. So many cryptids. So many cryptids. <laughs> so many Every cryptids. character will be a cryptid. And the coordinates of the ciphers can lead you to like Robert Pattinson. Ooh, I love that. Robert Pattinson himself. You are describing uh, so much fun to me right now. This is my love language. And most creepypastas or ARGs always kind of start off that way with a fun puzzle to solve with something surface level and kind of light and familiar and even nostalgic sometimes to the reader or the watcher. But eventually they become dark, spooky, and sinister. What if we turn that concept on its head, started with the spooky, and the twist was that it was hiding something super fun, like Robert Pattinson. It's kind of like Mothman, right? We think he's really scary, but he is our friend. He is our friend. What if Robert Pattinson was Mothman? That was where my brain was going. Okay, perfect. You get Thank me. God. Okay, I, I can see it in my mind's eye, and he looks great. Similar energy. <laughs> Two things. Number one. Keep that idea for an ARG stored away because I'm so down. And number two, this entire conversation kind of reminds me of a video series that I saw on YouTube called Diminish. It's a series that starts off dark, but eventually reveals something kind of hopeful, weirdly, a little bit more human. It's wild, weirdly emotional, but mostly creepy. And Diminish never once went where I expected it to. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your local true believer who is ready to talk about a video game ARG today, baby. Yes, I'm Eleanor, your stubborn skeptic, your gamer girl. I'm excited for this one. We haven't talked about a video game in a minute. It's been a while since we did a gruesome gaming. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Eleanor and I have been weirdly like very, uh, I guess not like in paper, but we've been living together for like the last month, basically yes. a month and a half, two months at this point, like just like have not left each other's side. It's true. And one result of that has been a little bit of Fortnite, baby. Fork knife. <laughs> I am spreading the poison um, to all of my friends three years too late. 
You know. It's so not cool anymore. No, no, no. But you brought it up at the right time because they don't require you to build anymore. It's true. It's I so never easy. would have enjoyed it before it's with the building so mechanic. Easy. <laughs> However, we're talking about something a lot more single player today, and that being diminish. We kind of need to set up its medium a bit and explain to you the premise of ARGs, unfictions, and so much more before we even start to tell you the story. Diminish is a work of something called unfiction. And unfiction is essentially just an umbrella term that refers to any sort of media that shares the common theme of existing in its own fictional world, but also in reality. So that's super Mm -hmm. confusing. But we've talked about ARGs a couple times on the pod. In other words, it's just something pretending to be a real story, even though it's fictional. So these are the stories you see told on Reddit or Twitter, like they're creepypastas, right? A lot of different type of stories fall under this umbrella, such as ARGs, like we mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, the interactive project, the immersive narrative. This is essentially just creepypastas where you're a part of it in really any way where you're participating. The alternate reality game, or ARG, is probably the most well-known. Again, we've talked about them on the pods. Mm -hmm. These are like puzzles, clues spread throughout the internet on any number of sites that all lead to one central narrative, basically, that somebody's crafting in sort of an unusual way. Sometimes they even have physical locations to progress the story, so Mm -hmm. they can really be anything as long as they're asking you to in some way participate. But it sounds to me like Diminish is actually another kind of unfiction. So this is the immersive narrative. And in the immersive narrative, it's not quite as participatory. No interaction is needed to follow this story. You're not solving any puzzles. There are no ciphers. All you have to do is just watch the media as it's released. You don't have to interact to progress it, right? Mm -hmm. That's how... So if you are someone who enjoys TikTok content, there was an ARG called PB Here. And it was like an animated ARG. And you basically, as the viewer, decided what was going to happen in real time. Mm -hmm. The animator fully took into account people's comments, like listened to them, did polls and stuff. This is completely different in the aspect that, like you said, Mm -hmm. no participation is required. Another example of an immersive narrative, like this one, is Petscope, which is a web series on YouTube that doesn't require any activity from the viewer, but can be fully digested online. I've covered Petscope on my YouTube channel before, but for those of you who might need a refresher, think like PS1 style graphics. You're you're playing almost like a Pokemon knockoff on the PlayStation 1 made by a fake developer who basically you you go through this really like light almost overworld of a game, but it's hiding this really dark underbelly of a story. And it has references to the pseudoscience of rebirthing, family trauma, many other dark and strange things. So if you're familiar with that, Diminish is pretty similar. Right. And Petscop isn't, is it an actual game? It's not, right? No, no, no. It's just videos of a game. So that's why it's unfiction. It's pretending like the game is real. It's putting it up on YouTube like it's a real Let's Play, really exists in the gaming sphere. But it's a work of fiction. Petscop is an even deeper spin on immersive narrative, which has inspired a lot of imitators. You said you mentioned it on your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I've even heard of Petscop before, yeah. so it's obviously uh, very well known. Some people call it a TGIF. Not a thank God it's Friday. <laughs> um, it stands for The Game I Found. I love that. Right? <laughs> the Game, the I, game found. I Found. It can more accurately be described as a real let's play of a fake video game. 
basically. So the game doesn't exist, but the Let's Play is real. Not super catchy. We're going to stick with TGIF. It's a TGIF. I love that. Even TGIF Fridays. I think they dropped the TGIF. They're just Fridays. So somebody needs to bring back the TGIF representation. I'm pretty sure I heard that. I'm going to text you once a week and be like, TGIF, Pokemon. Yes, we can't let it die like YOLO. In these videos, a game is presented to the audience that is claimed to be lost or like obscure, hard to find. We've talked about some of these games, the evil farming game, for example. Mm -hmm. It could be like they found this game locked away in a box from when they were a kid and now they're playing it. So more often than not, there is a narrator who's pretending to do the Let's Play. He'll kind of fill in the narrative beats. And as we'll see in this case, the narrator is super important because Mm -hmm. it is, you know, storytelling. In most cases, the game being played is something the viewer has obviously never seen before because the game doesn't really exist. So it's not like you could have seen a Let's Play. It only exists in this form, right? Which brings the central question of the immersive narrative back into play. Is this a real game? Usually the answer is no. More often than not, of course, yeah. The answer is entirely no. I guess like you can't insert the narrative of something being haunted into a real game unless it's something like Ben Drowned, where Mm -hmm. somebody entirely created a fabricated Let's Play, both using the actual game of Majora's Mask, but also creating on the side like their own graphics, their own stuff to put in. And there are creepy horror games. Like the My Little Pony fandom has so many creepy horror games. Oh my God. Have you ever heard of Sonic EXE? Yes, exactly. Sonic EXE. Exactly. So like there are real actual creepy games that exist. This is something completely different. This is like a media project that someone is putting up on YouTube. Yeah. More so a film than anything. Right. And Usually these, like we said, are more immersive. You're watching a let's play. So somebody is really figuring out the truth, the story for themselves as they play this game. Two really popular examples of unfiction that follow these fake let's play kind of formats would be Petscop and Ben Drowned. I just touched on Ben Drowned a bit, but it is a well-known web series that revolves around a Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask cartridge that is haunted by the ghost of a boy named Ben. Pretty spooky, but of course confirmed to be a creepypasta by somebody named Alex Hall. And Ben Drowned is really interesting, but Petscop kind of differs from it in the aspect that the creator was a anonymous for over two years. Even though much of what happened in Petscop feels unrealistic, the anonymity of the creator made it so that there was always kind of like this sense of sneaking dread, that you were always watching something you really were not supposed to be. Eventually, when the series ended in 2019, the creator did reveal himself as an indie game developer named Tony Domenico. These two series have inspired countless other creators to kind of create something similar, a fake let's play in the world of unfiction. Projects like Catastrophe Crow 64. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Oh, Catastrophe 464. It was supposed to be a game for the Nintendo 64. And it's like, it's like a platformer that just involves an abundance of crows, which we would both hate at this point. I was attacked by a crow like two weeks ago because I got true. too close to its nest. I know. I was there. I was there. Was and I was really happy good. it wasn't me. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to pretend to be a good friend in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Projects like Catastrophe, Crow 64, Illusion Lock, and even Concluse, which started off like a project in this vein before it actually became a real game. But the most interesting one to come out of this batch for a number of reasons is a series known as Diminish. Up next, let's talk all about Diminish in the world of unfiction. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. 
With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Diminish is an ongoing series of YouTube videos following a guy named Will as he explores a special video game that claims on the title screen was created, in quotations, for my brother. It's currently arranged into two acts, each containing multiple videos, and there could be more acts in the future. Will is often really cheery in these Let's Play videos, cracking jokes, remarking about how dying in video games makes him super anxious. But unlike other series in the fake Let's Play genre, Will being this way already kind of hints that this series is going to be something different, even if it's just because of this cheery temperament. He's upbeat and funny and doesn't seem to be taking it too seriously. It's not a bundle of spooks from the start. There's something kind of endearing and warm about it that, you know, brings you in. There's also another character, IRL, quote-unquote IRL, named Kitty. There's a cat. There's a cat. Adorable. <laughs> the only other voice character in this series, basically, is a cat named Kitty who pops up at random times to crave attention from Will. It's pretty cute. Now, the game itself, Diminish, features a non-binary Wolfman-type character, Apollo, with he, him, and they, them pronouns, who is a self-described gymnast that is working with the player to explore a strange and desolate land. So, as you may have already been able to guess, Apollo often speaks directly to the player, kind of breaks the fourth wall, hints with them, jokes with them to lighten the mood. And he lightens the mood because the game itself is a platform hell slash rage game. Which kind of think like, have you ever heard of Cuphead? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Too hard for me. Way too hard for me. Think Cuphead meets like Super Mario Brothers, like the original Super Mario Bros. games in that kind of degree of a platform, but it's designed to piss you off as you play. We're going to talk about Diminish being a rage game, but first I have a couple of questions for okay. you about the early stages of this unfiction project. When Will was uploading these videos, number one, I guess how many were there at the beginning, but when he was uploading these videos, did people know it was a work of unfiction at the beginning? And if not, was nobody like, hey, what is this game? It doesn't exist, like, what is this game? Like, did nobody ask, what is this game? While he's playing, or was everybody just on board with the fact that this was a creepy pasta? I think it's a bit of both. Certainly there were people who immediately went into the series and were like, ooh, ARG, I feel like you can kind of sniff it out mm -hmm. if you are sort of experienced in the space and especially coming like hot off the heels of pet scop, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there were also people who didn't know for sure, like could it just be like an indie game that this guy had a hold of? But I guess it was revealed that Will, the narrator, wasn't even a real person in a live stream towards the end of act one. Also when it was described as being broken into acts, like each act is like mm -hmm. 10 episodes plus actually. There's like 35 videos in total. It's a really long wow, running okay. series. So it's extensive. But it was essentially the same thing as Petscop where the creator 
of the game came out and said, I am also the narrator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically said, I am acting as this character in right. the series. That's so much work to oh, design yeah. a game, to build a game, to craft a series. Like you're crafting a narrative across hours and hours. You also have to play the game and you're acting as this fake gamer. Like that's an insane amount of work to get this narrative across. It's actually so impressive. Interestingly enough, back to the actual narrative of the <laughs> game, right? So Will, our character, he seemingly isn't aware that Diminish is a rage game, what we just talked about at first. We mentioned that he has a lot of anxiety around characters dying in video games. <laughs> right at the very beginning of the game, Will has his character run past this cute little tree, and immediately there's a fake floor, just inexplicably. <laughs> like, just a trap door that just lets Apollo fall to their death. Apollo is just no more, out of nowhere. And immediately, you see that this is the worst type of game for Will, because in the middle oh, of the screen, no. there is a death counter for Apollo, where every single time he dies, it never resets. It'll just tell you, up one, up one, tick, tick, tick. It shows you how many times your character has perished. And Apollo dies quite a bit. He's dying a lot. This game is evil and maniacal. Will is cheery. The game is not. Diminish begins like so many other creepypastas. The land that Will and Apollo are exploring, it's very creepy. kind of has a creepypasta mm -hmm. vibe, very clearly influenced from other projects like that. There are traps. There are weird characters. There's a giant talking skull named Justin. Hey, Justin. We stand Justin. <laughs> um, and lots of water threatening to drown Apollo at all times. Apollo is very susceptible to death. It literally only takes one thing to kill him. There's like an obscene number of spikes that will constantly just impale him and you will die again. So it's kind of the worst kind of rage game. It's just unforgiving. To add into what you were saying before, like so much work to create the game, yes. film the Let's Play, to die a bajillion Constantly. times for the sake of Constantly. the plot. For the plot, exactly. As we'll learn, it was essentially plot-induced, right? There are a few jump scares here and there, so most people watching this were probably expecting it to go full-on horror show. Like, there's not even a soundtrack. The theme song is just this creepy, oh. like, humming that turns into a grinding noise. So it felt very much like a horror game, and people assumed that that's where the series was going. As the game goes on, it becomes increasingly more clear that something related to this game is really upsetting Will. He has this kind of like bright personality, but he's not very open about what it is about this game that might be unsettling him a bit. Certain things and messages do seem to bother him though. As we already stated, he doesn't particularly like to die and he's seemingly playing a game that is like the worst for him with a death counter and a character that is incredibly susceptible to spikes. I would also be very susceptible to spikes, to be fair, fair. Fair, But due to that, as well as whatever other connection that he has to the game's creator, Will is constantly just narrating how playing the game is kind of stressful for him. He says that it's something he may not even be emotionally equipped for. For a while, as the viewer, you might find yourself at best confused by what's going on and at worst bored because much of the series consists of Will being really, 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 really bad at this game. I mean, well, love you, buddy, really bad. He dies hundreds of times, and the death meter, of course, reminds us of this as the series goes on. There's even a stretch of six videos at the start of Act 2 where Apollo is just lost at sea. 
as the character in the game, you're just lost at sea. And Will is just having Apollo swim to the right for over 500 real hours, which thankfully for us, he edits down to 45 minutes. Kind of reminds me in GTA, when I first started playing GTA online, I would just get in my car and like drive around like the city and stuff. <laughs> and I would just like be up in the Hollywood Hills basically and just keep going. And I was like, dang, this is taking a while. And I realized like it just stretches on forever. Uh-huh. Anyway, kind of like think like that. Strange things keep happening though as well plays. A demonic looking tree that is <laughs> very, very different from the cute one with the trap door at the beginning of the series that laments about wasting away. Random cutaways to strange, cryptic, and even evil sounding writings. And in a few cases, bodies that slowly deteriorate every single time that Apollo dies. So far, pretty standard creepypasta, mm-hmm. no? Pretty standard horror YouTube project. But there is a twist. There's a reason we're talking about this on Always the pod, a twist. right? It's like M. Night Shyamalan invaded this man's body. We got Shyamalan. The twist is kind <laughs> of crazy. It comes out of seemingly nowhere. It's something that sets Diminish apart from seemingly everything else in the yeah. genre because it suddenly gets so real, like literally out of nowhere. Before I say what the twist is, I should specify that unlike Petscop or Ben Drowned, Diminish is not a bright and cheery game that hides like a dark secret. It's a dark game from the beginning. It has a very dark tone. But it turns out the darkness, as Loie mentioned at the beginning, is actually hiding something very human, very emotional, and also something that you should not be spoiled about if you have any interest in watching this series. Yes. Again, it's long. So, like, do you really feel like putting in the work to watch? You said 35 35 parts. But if so, it is definitely something that you should experience blind. So if you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning. Tick, tick, tick. Turn off your phone. Silence me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Take it away, Loey. What was the twist? Partway through the series, Will stops his playthrough of Diminish and decides that it's time to explain why we've been watching this. Why Diminish exists in the first place. A few years before he played the game, Will's twin sister, Teddy, who was a gymnast on her way to the Olympics, was diagnosed with inoperable cancer and forced into early retirement from the sport. During her time in bed, she decided to teach herself how to code, and she created a rage game just for Will, who is a naturally anxious person and has become even more anxious because Teddy passed away. When Will and Teddy were younger, the two of them used to play like these rage games. Teddy was always really good at them, but Will was always terrible, prone to violent outbursts whenever he lost. And then when Teddy passed away, she left the game for Will as well as a written request that if he plays it, he uploads videos to the world of him playing. Because exposing his own vulnerabilities to the world will make him stronger. And from this point forward, the series takes just a massive shift in tone. Everything is different. Narration boxes written by Teddy pop up throughout the playthrough, seemingly to react to how she would guess Will is reacting in that moment to the game. Most of the time, she's offering words of encouragement to Will to keep trying. So the game really no longer feels creepy and haunted anymore very much feels like a a legitimate challenge that is now tied into Will's personal life, obviously is symbolic of a lost loved one that, you know, she personally left for him and is essentially just a way for him to deal with loss and Mm -hmm. grief using a video game. So the rest of the series consists of Will trying to play the game. Um, He is still not very good, but he is working through his anxieties, his trauma. He's learning to cope with the loss of a loved one. It becomes very cathartic for him to improve and get better at this game. 
And even in the videos we talked about earlier, the ones where Apollo gets lost at sea and poor viewers had to watch that for 45 minutes, it's very clear that it's, you know, meant to symbolize that Will himself is lost here. He doesn't know how to cope with the grief or process this. So sometimes you're still going to feel a little adrift. I think that was the message, even as, you know, you try to process trauma. So into the conclusions of this entire story, of course, is the game real? It really has one answer. No, it's not real. It's not a real game that you or I can play. But it certainly is a file on the right. author's computer. I mean, it is a real game. He played it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess that that's kind of a hard question after all, because yeah, it has to be a real game for him to have made these videos exist. One thing that's really surprising about Diminish and is like different from other pieces of unfiction is that the creator revealed themselves pretty early on as YouTuber Cyria Song in a live stream to discuss the balance that he feels he needs to have as a creator. On one hand, a sizable portion of his viewers already, of course, know Diminish is a work of fiction. But on the other hand, there are so many who believe that what they're seeing is real, have shared comments with Will saying that they feel sorry for him. They feel sorry for what he's going through. They feel sorry for his loss of Teddy. So Cyria Song made the decision to go public pretty early on. Is that not kind of weird? Because seemingly, I mean, like, he, he didn't really have a sister who died from mm -hmm. cancer. I mean, obviously, actors are just actors. Like, there are plenty yeah. of movies about, you know, people with terminal loved ones, and they're acting sad. But, like, acting chops, right? Give him the Grammy. Like, that's kind of crazy. Because as far as we know, this has nothing to do with his real life, right? right. This YouTuber is a speedrunner. <laughs> like, him being bad at video games was part of the act. Yeah, very much something that, well, it's interesting because it's something that doesn't seem personally related to his real life story. But when he gets criticism on the game, seemingly takes it very personally. Yeah. Seemingly the narrative is personal to him in some way, but I guess not in the strict way of like he had a, a terminally ill Olympic sister. That is part yeah. of the story. It was kind of like assumed that he sort of took ownership to release viewers of any guilt for what they were watching. But simultaneously, everything that we're seeing and hearing in Diminish is the work of this one person. There is the file of the game on Cyria Song's computer containing all of these graphics, programs, music, much more that makes up this game. And like you said, the act is that he's very badly playing his own game mm -hmm. as well. And he is a professional speedrunner. Like that's what he does outside of this series. So yeah, being bad at the video game can you imagine waking up and it's like, all right, for today's project, for today's act, <laughs> I literally. will be bad at the game. Six and you're hours just, of swimming. <laughs> literally. And you're just so good at video games that that's an act. Like, can't be me. I act and pretend that I'm really bad at video games. <laughs> Do we think that Diminish is still really effective in its storytelling, knowing that it is a work of fiction, knowing that the creator came forward so early, knowing that these 35 episodes, pretty much after like episode nine, you know the creator, you know that they're creating the story, and you probably had that kind of like inkling from the beginning that it wasn't real. But since like the creator's so open with it, do we think it's still effective, fully knowing that it's fiction? I guess that would depend on what the creator's intent is mm -hmm. like quote unquote effective there like I said there are lots of works of fiction that are intended to pull on the heartstrings and that works and this is clearly one of them people will be a little bit less sad that seems to be why he came out in the first place yeah. but I I guess it really depends if he was just trying to tell a good story I don't know why him being public would affect it I think that it can 
can go both ways. There's this kind of immersion, which we were talking about before we recorded this podcast, that only occurs when you're taking in a piece of media. Petscop feels weird. Sorry, jumping back to Petscop. My brain is like in shambles. Diminish, what have you done to me? I am Apollo. I am swimming at sea. Petscop is effective to a degree because you feel like you're watching something you're not supposed to. Even though you know it's probably not real, mm-hmm. like it's effective because, and if you've never watched Petscop, it's about family, family first and foremost. It's about family bonds and the secrets of a family that live on and live on and live on through generations. Mm-hmm. And as you get deeper into that narrative, you almost feel like, I mean, you don't like, you feel like you're just intruding in a way. Like you feel like you're well, just like hearing something you're not supposed to. Isn't Petscop supposed to scare you? It's not the point that it's supposed to be like unsettling and kind of like creepy. Like I think that's what differentiates Diminish is that the point of Diminish isn't, the creator's intention isn't to scare you yeah. or freak you out or make you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching. I think he's really trying to tell a story that in some way seems to relate to something he's experienced. So I think this is a little bit different in that way where like exposing who he is doesn't really matter. Like if he didn't expose who he was, that just makes the audience sadder. And I I feel like that's not his intention. It's just make people sad, right? You can still like, you can still follow the story without having to feel like, oh my God, a girl died. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that's fine. It's also just super creative. None of this takes away from how impressive this whole project is, especially for one person, Mm -hmm. like just running the show. Cyria Song made a game that nobody can play, scripted both what's happening in the quote-unquote real world and what's happening in the game. So no matter how you look at it, it's so impressive. And he absolutely deserves his flowers, deserves his chops for that. So happy that he did take ownership. Have you guys watched Diminish at Home? What do you think of it? Or after hearing this episode, are you ready to jump right into the rage game? Let us know all of our social media with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we've loved diving into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free, exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. This is also one of the rare projects that's still ongoing. Diminish is still being released. So check that out too. I think it's a current project. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lowybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast slash management and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kibben. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, aka The Gruesome Twosome. <laughs>